Imagine suddenly without warning being forced into quarantine so you don't contaminate your family. Imagine suddenly without warning, you no longer have access to your normal emotional comforts. Imagine suddenly without warning, you have to give it to yourself. Imagine suddenly without warning, you go from invincibility to sheer panic in one week. This is my story on how coronavirus saved my life. How Coronavirus Saved My Life, Episode 7, The Veil. I have always loved reading books. Reading has always been a part of my seeking and searching journey for answers. The year before leading up to coronavirus, I was reading books that were all about World War II, Hitler, the Holocaust, concentration camps, all about a horrific event in humanity. I was so immersed in this topic that I truly believed that we were on the brink of another World War III, that Trump was going to create concentration camps, and life was just devastating. I lived in a state of depression and worried about people all around the world and thought about all of these things that were happening to them. Whenever I got coronavirus and started working on self-care and not on social media, not watching TV anymore, not listening to the news, I decided I was going to read something different. And this book popped up on my Kindle account and it was free and it completely changed my life. The name of the book is called Reality Unveiled by Zayad Morsi. And it talks about how the things that we see with our own human eyes are not real. Our human eyes only see with visible light. However, there are all kinds of different kinds of light around us that we don't see, like ultraviolet light, gamma rays, radar, x-ray, those kinds of things. Our body only shows us what we are programmed to see. I was astounded when I read your reality that you believe is an illusion. That blew my mind. You mean to tell me all this shit? I have thought about myself for years and had evidence with my own eyeballs is not true. Whoa. I got to thinking, like, how is this possible? Normally, I would read a book very, very fast. I'd read a book in two or three days and just think about it over and over. The concentration camps, Hitler, World War II, all this stuff. But this book... I read very slowly, deliberately, each word, each sentence, very slowly and carefully. I would only read 10 pages a night because I really had to think about this. This book gives evidence the things that you believe and were programmed to believe are an illusion. How is that possible? 
How is it possible? We are taught in school a science that only speaks of the physical world, but doesn't speak of the world that's around us that we can't see. He talks about quantum physics and the birth of quantum physics and how they started looking at sub-atoms and they did not act the way they thought they were going to act. It gives evidence of how we are all energy and all connected as one. This was hard for my brain to wrap around. What? And then I really just broke it down and read it very slowly and was looking at this. He talks about this Japanese doctor who would take water and would say different things to the water. Like he would say mean things to it or he would say nice things to it. Then he would freeze the water, put it under the microscope, and you could see the difference of how the water would react when something bad was told to it or something good. This Japanese doctor also played music like John Lennon's Imagine, and the water looked like this beautiful snowflake crystal. And then the doctor played Elvis Presley's Heartbreak Hotel, quite a difference. So this really got me thinking about my own beliefs, my own thoughts, and my own illusions. I started to look at my own state of being, my program, and my view of the world. My normal state of being and program was one of frustration, feeling overwhelmed, definitely never enough time, and always seemed to look and complain about the things that were not working. And, of course, the way my mother and my father treated me. When I started really having awareness and really breaking down my mindset and my routine and everything that I felt every day for so long in my whole life, I started to realize this isn't true. (laughs) I started to shift my mind into a state of gratitude. I made a conscious effort that when I woke up, Instead of opening my eyes and going, I got all this stuff I have to do today and it's never going to happen. Waking up in complete fight or flight. Waking up already negative. Waking up with already in a state of panic. Instead of doing that, I made a conscious effort to change. I woke up, opened my eyes and thought to myself, this is going to be the best day ever. I then write five things I'm grateful for. I start my day off with love and gratitude. Also discovering in this book that time is an illusion was probably one of the second most mind-blowing things. Time is an illusion? excuse me, (laughs) time has been my enemy 
my whole life. I've never had enough time. Schedule, schedule, schedule. Never can, never get anything done. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Time is an illusion. When I read that and his explanation for that, I couldn't believe it. So I started looking at that and actually started saying, time is an illusion. And I started saying, I have all the time in the world. Just saying those two things, time is an illusion, and I have all the time in the world, has dramatically changed my life and my well-being. I now have all the time in the world. Nothing is a priority. Nothing is a hurry. I have all the time in the world. I started looking to, like, when I was at work, how I would always be, like, pressure, 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 pressure. I started looking at that and realized that was an illusion. There's nobody calling me saying, Christine, why haven't you done X, Y, and Z? Nobody's saying, where is this, where is that? This was a pressure that I completely created myself. This was a pressure I created from my programming that wasn't true. I started looking at my beliefs and my thoughts and really started questioning them. Are these true? Are these my own? Do I really believe this? And then I realized, no, I don't. This is not true. What evidence do I have that I'm not doing a a good job? That I don't have enough time. What is the evidence? There is none. Because it's an illusion. What's also something interesting I noticed. After starting to live in a state of gratitude. And write five things I was grateful for every single morning. After two months of doing this. I realized I never once put myself. I never once put that I was grateful for myself. I remember having this realization when I was getting ready, I was taking a shower and I had this feeling of complete uncertainty and I couldn't put my finger on, why do I feel so uncertain? What is this uncertainty? What is it? What is it? What is it? And then I immediately went into fight or flight, like, who can I help? Who do I need to save? Who needs help? And I was like, nobody needs help. Nobody needs help. What, why are you, what is it? What is it? Who needs help? And then I was like, Okay, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? And I was like having a hard time thinking about what I was grateful for. And then I stopped and realized I'm grateful for myself. I am grateful for myself. I immediately cried fetal position in the shower. I could not believe that after working and living in a state of gratitude... I love myself off that list. Wow. Another book that I started to read was called Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's a neuroscientist that has studied how we can heal ourselves just by mere thought alone. I, before I even read his book, had already done that. When I had my first self-guided meditation where I gave myself so much love and told myself 
all of these compliments that I've given everybody else, but have never given myself, given them all to myself. The next day, I barely had any of those chronic coronavirus symptoms. I wasn't even trying to physically heal myself. I was just trying to work on my emotional healing. And with that, the physical, most of the physical healed. So you see, your thoughts determine who you are, who you think you are. And what's so cool about that is you can change them. You can change them instantly. Having awareness is the first piece to it. And the other piece is getting to, why do I feel this way? And is it real? And most of the time you'll discover it's not. During the making of this podcast, my father passed away. He didn't die from alcohol. He didn't die from some drug overdose. He didn't die from some drug dealers shooting him. He died from some freak accident. Prior to that, though, he had broken his hip several months before his death. And he was in and out of the hospital several times. So I was really grateful to have that time with him before he died. To ask him all the questions I wanted to ask him. As my veil started lifting on my own shit and realizing... Everything is not as it seems. I was able to ask him questions without having my own personal reactions. I was just naturally curious how he got to where he was. How did he become that person? And during all that, I realized, oh, his mother. (laughs) And then I realized, what about her mother? It's so interesting when you start coming out of your own shit and looking at the other people and their story. And then you just realize (laughs) none of this is true. It's all an illusion. Reality is what you make of it. You can either make your reality horrible. You can make your reality a lesson learned. You can make your reality, this may suck now, but on the other side of this, something really amazing is going to happen. I will say that I had the illusion that my father thought I was, you know, a piece of shit and all these things. But really, we're also focused on the bad memories, the bad things that happen. There's never room to see what the good things were and the fun things. There were so many marks in my childhood of those happy moments that I didn't even pay attention to. Through my growth and releasing all this stuff, I found letters from my father years ago and how he told me how proud he was of me and would say very encouraging things. But I was so focused on all the bad things, but I truly miss the good things as well. So I'm very happy that I had that time with him to ask him questions about his alcohol and his journey and 
have a bond with him that it didn't have to do with drama and chaos and booze and drugs and all of that. I could have an open conversation with him without taking things personal, getting emotional, literally just look at it from a neutral standpoint. Because at that time, I started realizing this is, I don't have all the answers here. And all the things that I thought is not even true anyways. When he died, he protected me in so many ways. It's almost like I'm getting to know the good parts of him. Which is awesome because... Living in a state of just pure sadness and walking on eggshells and then being able to view somebody that was broken as really a good person, even though he's done all these things to hurt me in my mind, he actually did the most amazing thing after he died. He protected me financially. He protected me with not having to deal with his funeral arrangements. Everything was completely set up, organized. I didn't have to do anything. And what a relief that was. Because the last thing you want to do is have to have this fake-ass funeral, moral or whatever, for someone that you're angry towards or you're have a lot of unresolved issues with last thing you want to do is that but I was glad that I had the best of both worlds because most of my issues were resolved I had no loose ends to ask him totally neutral at everything and then getting this gift of protection from him And as I go through his house and go through his stuff, there's so many things, good points I didn't even realize about him. Like he was really organized. All I saw was the chaos of the beer cans and the liquor and the cigarettes and the ashtray. But he was really organized and he loved his family, his genealogy, history. He really cared about his belongings and then his house. And he really cared about me. And that's a real gift. When the veil of the illusion of your reality becomes thinner and thinner. And you release and you heal and you circle back to things for deeper meaning. Through meditation, sound therapy, being still, being quiet, you do start to remember the good things. You do start trusting your own intuition. You do realize that's not how I feel about that. Then as you discover that our human eyes only see 1% of all the numerous types of energy and light that's around us, shit starts getting mystical.